Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast, brought to you in part by Book of Zen, makers of wearable inspiration for a better world. Today's podcast has been edited and adapted from the books Pushing to the Front and The Iron Will by Orison Sweat Martin. We assume importance and become a power in the world just as soon as it is found that we stand for something, that we are not for sale, that we will not lease our ideals for salary, for any amount of money or for any influence or position, that we will not lend our name to anything which we cannot endorse. The trouble with so many people today is that they do not stand for anything outside their vocation. They may be well-educated, well up in their specialties, may have a lot of expert knowledge, but they cannot be depended upon. There is some flaw in them which takes the edge off their virtue. They may be fairly honest, but you cannot bank on them. If we need to look for a role model, let us turn to Teddy Roosevelt, who resolved early in life that, let come what may, whether he succeeded in what he undertook or failed, whether he made friends or enemies, he would not take chances with his good name, but would part with everything else first, that he would never gamble with his reputation, that he would keep his record clean. His first ambition was to stand for something, to live by his ideals. Before he was a politician or anything else, He was a man of principle. In Roosevelt's early career, he had many opportunities to make a great deal of money by allying himself with crooked, sneaking, unscrupulous politicians. He had all sorts of opportunities for political graft, but crookedness never had any attraction for him. He refused to be a party to any political jobbery, any underhanded business. He preferred to lose any position he was seeking to let somebody else have it, if his reputation be tarnished in the getting of it. He would not touch a dollar, place, or preferment unless it came to him clean, with no trace of jobbery on it. Corrupt politicians understood that it was no use to try to bribe him, or to influence him with promises of patronage, money, position, or power. Roosevelt knew perfectly well that he would make many mistakes and many enemies, but he resolved to carry himself in such a way that even his enemies should at least respect him for his honesty of purpose and for his straightforward, square-deal methods. He resolved to keep his record clean, his name white, at all costs. Everything else seemed unimportant by comparison. In times like today, the world especially needs men and women who follow the lead of Teddy Roosevelt, Citizens who hew close to the chalk line of right and hold to the plumb line of truth, who do not pander to the elite, who make duty and truth their goal and go straight to their mark, turning neither to the right nor to the left, though riches and powers tempt them. We need new and fresh politicians who can purge politics and elevate once again the American ideals of truth, justice, and equality. New politicians who can show the public a new and better way, 
while making both Republicans and Democrats ashamed of the old methods of graft and selfish greed. New politicians who show that unselfish service to their country is infinitely nobler than an ambition for self-aggrandizement. Every man and woman ought to feel that there is something in them that bribery cannot touch, that influence cannot buy, something that is not for sale, something they would not sacrifice or tamper with for any price, something they would give their life for if necessary. The individual who starts out with the resolution to make their character their capital and to pledge their whole spirit for every obligation they enter into will not be a failure though they win neither fame nor fortune. No one ever really does a great thing who loses their character in the process. No substitute has ever been discovered for honesty. Multitudes of people have gone to the wall trying to find one. Our prisons are full of people who have attempted to substitute something else for it. No individual can really believe in themselves when occupying a false position and wearing a mask when the little monitor within them is constantly saying, you know you are a fraud, you are not the person you pretend to be. The consciousness of not being genuine, not being what others think you to be, robs you of power, honeycombs your character, and destroys self-respect and self-confidence. Character as capital is very much underestimated by a great number of people today. They seem to put more emphasis upon smartness, shrewdness, cunning, and influence than upon downright honesty and integrity of character. Yet why do scores of businesses pay large sums of money for the use of the name of someone who perhaps has been dead for half a century or more? It is because there is power in that name, because there is character in it, because it stands for something, because it represents reliability and square dealing. We instinctively believe in character. We admire people who stand for something, who are centered in truth and honesty. It is not necessary that they agree with us. We admire them for their strength, the honesty of their opinions, the inflexibility of their principles. It is the ideal that determines the direction of the life. And what a grand sight, what an inspiration, are those men and women who sacrifice the mighty dollar to the greater ideal. As Benjamin Franklin said, money has never made a happy person yet. There is nothing in its nature to produce happiness. The more we have, the more we want. Instead of filling a vacuum, it makes one. A great bank account can never make you rich. It is the mind that makes the body rich. No one is rich, however much money or land they may possess, who has a poor heart. You are rich or poor according to what you are, not according to what you have. Some people are rich in health, in constant cheerfulness, in a mercurial temperament which floats them above troubles and trials that are enough to sink a shipload of ordinary people. Others are rich in disposition, family, and friends. There are some people so amiable that everybody loves them, so cheerful that they carry an atmosphere of joy about them. The human body is packed full of marvelous devices, of wonderful contrivances, of infinite possibilities for the happiness and enrichment of the individual. No physiologist, inventor, nor scientist has ever been able to point out a single improvement 
even in the minutest detail, in the mechanism of the human body. No biologist has ever been able to suggest a superior combination in any one of the elements which make up the human structure. One of the great lessons of life is to learn the true estimate of values. As young adults start out in their careers, all sorts of merchandise are imposed upon them, and all kinds of temptations are used to induce them to buy. Their success will depend very largely upon their ability to estimate properly, not the apparent, but the real value of everything presented to them. Vulgar wealth will flaunt her banner before their eyes, and claim supremacy over everything else. A thousand different schemes will be thrust into their face with their claims for superiority. Every occupation and vocation will present its charms and offer its inducements in turn. The individual who would succeed must not allow themselves to be deceived by appearance, but must place the emphasis of life upon the right thing. Mozart, the great composer of the Requiem, left barely enough money to bury him, but his music made the world richer. A rich mind and a noble spirit will cast over the humblest home a radiance of beauty which the upholsterer and decorator can never approach. Who would not prefer to be a millionaire of character, of contentment, rather than possess nothing but the vulgar coins of Croesus? Whoever uplifts civilization, though they die penniless, is rich, and future generations will erect their monument. The individual who has no money is poor, but one who has nothing but money is poorer still. We only are rich when we can enjoy without owning. There are riches of intellect, and no individual with a taste for wisdom can be called poor. You are rich as well as brave when you can face compulsory poverty and misfortune with cheerfulness and courage. We can so educate the willpower that it will focus the thoughts upon the bright side of things and upon objects which elevate the soul, thus forming a habit of happiness and goodness which will make us rich. The habit of making the best of everything and of always looking on the bright side is a fortune in itself. The rich are those who value a good name above gold. Among the ancient Greeks and Romans, honor was more sought after than wealth. For example, look at the great Greek philosopher Diogenes, who was captured by pirates and sold as a slave. His purchaser eventually released him, giving him charge of his household and the education of his children. Diogenes despised wealth and affectation and lived in a tub. Do you want anything? asked Alexander the Great, greatly impressed by the abounding cheerfulness of the philosopher under such circumstances. Yes, replied Diogenes, I want you to stand out of my sunshine and not take from me what you cannot give me. Were I not Alexander, exclaimed the great conqueror, I would be Diogenes. What power can poverty have over a home where loving hearts are beating with the consciousness of the untold riches of the head and heart? Don't start out in life with a false standard. A truly great individual makes official position and money and houses and estates look so tawdry, so mean and poor, that we feel like sinking out of the sight with our cheap laurels and our gold. 
One of the great lessons to teach in this century of sharp competition and the survival of the fittest is how to be rich without money and to learn how to live without success according to the popular standard. In the poem The Changed Cross, a weary woman is represented as dreaming that she was led to a place where many crosses lay, crosses of diverse shapes and sizes. The most beautiful one was set in jewels and gold. It was so tiny and exquisite that she changed her own rather plain cross for it, thinking she was fortunate in finding one so much lighter and lovelier. But soon her back began to ache under the glittering burden, and she changed the cross for another, a very beautiful one entwined with flowers. But she soon found that underneath the flowers were piercing thorns which tore her flesh. At last she came to a very ordinary cross without jewels, without carving, and with only the word love inscribed upon it. She took this one up and it proved the easiest and best of all. She was amazed, however, to find that it was her old cross, which she had discarded. It is easy to see the jewels and the flowers in other people's crosses, but the thorns and heavy weight are known only to the bearers. How easy other people's burdens seem to us compared with our own. We do not realize the secret burdens which almost crush the heart, nor the years of weary waiting for delayed success, the aching hearts longing for sympathy, the hidden poverty, the suppressed emotion in other lives. The object for which we strive tells the story of our lives. Men and women should be judged by the happiness they create in those around them. Noble deeds always enrich, but millions of mere dollars may impoverish. Character is perpetual wealth, and by the side of those who possess it, the millionaire who has it not seems but a pauper. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of livinghour.org. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, which will ensure that we can continue our podcast for years to come. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Simply do a quick search for the Inspirational Living Podcast at patreon.com to find our Patreon page and learn more including the free gifts we offer to every patron. Subscribe to our free podcast today at the iTunes store or at stitcher.com. For free transcripts of our podcast, please visit us online at podcast.livinghour.org. Thank you for listening. We look forward to being with you next time.